Hello world, welcome to the All Ball Show presented by Abstract Sports, where we bring sports back to life. I'm your host, Kyle Clay 2K. Long time no talk? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, I haven't been here for the last three or four weeks. Um, I've just been dealing with this thing called that adult life. Uh, Yeah, whatever that is. In all honesty, I've just been dealing with health insurance premiums going up, forcing me to renew to a plan where I pay a little bit more per month and I get worse coverage. Thanks a lot, American Healthcare. Thanksgiving was a week ago today. Hashtag throwback Thursday. I hope you all had a great holiday with your friends and family all around you. I know I did. Also, the day after Thanksgiving is typically the day that my wife and I and her family go hunting for a Christmas tree up in the woods. Uh, Yeah, we do that around here in Idaho. It was a great success. Had to trek through two feet of snow to find it and then hike it off the mountain. Oh, the things you enjoy in Idaho. Am I right, city slickers? Just kidding, I love cities too. Cities are awesome. But I do appreciate Idaho and its easy access to the outdoors. But beyond all the stress from work, healthcare renewals, etc., etc., I have found solace in watching a lot of Hot Ones. If you don't know what Hot Ones is, it's a YouTube series on the First We Feast YouTube channel where they have celebrity guests on and they interview them while they eat hot wings. And the thing is that as the interview goes on, the wings get hotter and hotter. We're talking like up to the 2 million Scoville unit hot level. That's that's really hot. I've been watching a lot of this show. For example, my wife was gone to a conference for about five days in Orlando. And while she was gone, like typically we watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, things like that on Hulu. Uh, but while she's gone, I just sit there and Chromecast YouTube videos from the bed all night long. It's amazing. Um, Not to say that watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine with my wife isn't a good time, because it's a good time. Brooklyn Nine-Nine's a good show. Actually, Terry Crews from Brooklyn Nine-Nine was on an episode of Hot Ones, and he's one of my favorite episodes. Right now, it just sounds like I'm shouting out Hot Ones, and it sounds like I'm paid to do this, but that's definitely not the case. I'm just trying to give you guys an update on my life, and Hot Ones has had a big part to play in my life these last few weeks. I don't know why, but recently, I've become obsessed with Hot Wings, because watching this show... They've gotten me into eating traditional bone-in wings. I never used to like that because I like things spicy. I like it hot. I like to have boneless wings for that so I can cut them up, get them in my mouth, and not get the hot sauce on my face because it burns. But watching this show makes me crave bone-in traditional wings. I don't know why. It's just a different experience eating the wing that way, and I've grown to love it, actually. And so since then, I've been eating wings anywhere, any place I can find them. Obviously, going to Buffalo Wild Wings. Recently, I had their Mango Habanero and their Wild Wings. I have to say, Mango Habanero, being the third hottest on their list, was much, much hotter than the Wild, which is one-off from the um, the Blazing Sauce. But Mango Habanero at Buffalo Wild Wings, really tasty, but very fiery. Probably the hottest thing I've ever eaten in my life overall. I mean, I've had some really hot hot sauces with my buddies, but nothing compares to that of the Mango habanero buffalo wing at buffalo wild wing but anyways go check out hot ones it's a great show it's something i've been watching a lot of lately and they actually for the thanksgiving special they had blake griffin on there and it was a really good one too but i have to say terry cruz that one's hard to beat speaking of blake griffin it's about that time to start talking about some basketball topics talking about some some basketball news talk about the best sport in the world it's basketball let's do just that all right let's go
To start the show off, let's talk about the Toronto Raptors. The 18-4 and Raptors are off to their best start in franchise history, and that's saying a lot since they finished at the top of the Eastern Conference last year, ahead of the Cavs, ahead of the Sixers, and ahead of the Boston Celtics. All very good teams last year. Speaking of the Raptors, I had to defend myself in a YouTube comment for the first time ever in my life after I published the Toronto Raptors episode of the NBA Preview Show. It's that show I put out about a week after the season started. Um, And it was kind of funny. If you haven't listened to any of the NBA Preview Show episodes, I basically broke down all the teams in the NBA from worst to best, 15 seed to number one seed, East Conference, West Conference. I really did pull from basic stats on Google and Wikipedia and just talked about how their rosters were last year, what they were looking like for this year, how their stats were last year, and what they might be this year, and just made some basic predictions. And I also tried to throw in any kind of storylines that I could remember, like for the Raptors, for example, Dwayne Casey getting fired after be getting the the Coach of the Year award. Uh, that was a really interesting story, and I thought that that was going to cause some chemistry issues, especially with their front office getting rid of DeMar DeRozan, breaking up the duo between him and Kyle Lowry, and sending DeRozan to the Spurs for Kawhi Leonard. But that clearly has not been the case. But this person who posted this comment, I think his name was Paulo Campos. I don't know who that person is. But here's what they had to say. So you basically know nothing about the Raptors, and your research is basically reading a website from last year. Thanks for coming out. They're going to fall down, but yet they are 7-1. LOL, get the hell out of here. I said that in kind of a snarky snap-snap voice because that's what I envisioned them doing when they were saying that. But they clearly didn't get the concept of the NBA preview show. It was meant to give them a basic understanding of the teams and how they did last year so that you can try to understand how they might do this year. It's not like I'm spitting facts. I'm making a prediction. It's just a preview. It's nothing, really. It's just informational. And so here is my kind response to them. You make some fair points. I was trying to give a general lay of the land of how they did last year, hence basic stats and rosters being used here. My main reason for them falling down was potential chemistry issues. Losing a good coach and Casey and breaking up the DeRozan-Lowry duo I thought would pose some problems. Clearly that hasn't been the case through the first eight games of the season. Kawhi is killing it. And that's true. I'm, I'm being honest. Like, sure, my prediction wasn't wasn't accurate. It still isn't accurate. The Raptors are 18-4. and four, But, dude, it was it was an honest preview. I was just giving the basic preview, and this, this person come at me. And I'm not getting my, my feathers rustled up or anything like that. I just I had to point out the first time I've ever been come at on, on YouTube. And it, it's, it feels good, man. It feels good. <laughs> uh, so I appreciate the comment, Paulo. Um, you are right. I mean, this is it was a very basic show, a, a very basic format, but it did help me understand how I can do better next year. I appreciate your feedback, and I'll be sure to do better. So thanks for the comment, bro. I appreciate it. But like I said, Kawhi Leonard is absolutely killing it. He's balling out. He has got 24.3 points per game so far, 8.6 rebounds per game, and I think just over three assists per game on his stat line. So I wanted to kind of compare his numbers from when he came into the league with the the Spurs and sort of give a trajectory of his career from then and take a look at where he sits now with this current points per game after 22 games in this season. So Kawhi Leonard came into the league in the 2011-2012 season. He was with the Spurs for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 years before being traded to the Raptors this offseason. Through the 2011-12 season, he had 7.9 points per game. Then the next year, he went to 11.9, 12.8, 
and then 25.5 in the 2016-2017 season. That's where he has peaked. Uh, But he had a very, very quick but steady growth up to that level from 7.9 points per game five years prior. So his peak was at 25.5. The following year, he only played nine games, and he had that that torn muscle, I think is what it was, torn quad muscle. I I don't remember exactly what it was. But he only played nine games, and in those nine games he averaged 16.2. So his numbers dropped off a little bit. But right now, after 22 games in this season, he's averaging 24.3. He's averaging the most rebounds per game than he ever has in his career. And this is his second best assist average in his career. But yet again, we're only 22 games in the season. So going back to my prediction in the NBA preview show, it's looking like the Raptors aren't going to fall off quite as much. Turns out the chemistry issues aren't as much of a problem with a guy like Kawhi, who is a pretty soft-spoken dude anyway. Feels like he can just fit into any team really just because he's a talented guy. And his skills just help everybody else on the court. And it's been doing well for the Raptors so far. Since we're talking about hot teams in the Eastern Conference, let's just take a look at how each team is performing compared to last year's standings, starting with the Eastern Conference. So we already talked about the Raptors. They t- they topped the Eastern Conference last year with a record of 59-23. They are holding the top spot right now. It's just interesting because it's a different team, different coaching staff, all that. Uh, but they're at 18-4, and as I previously mentioned, and... They're ahead of the Bucks by three games. The Bucks are up five spots from last year. They took the seven seed going into the playoffs, to, and they ended up playing the Celtics in the first round, to get, and they got eliminated in seven games. So right now they're sitting number two in the Eastern Conference. You have the 76ers in the third spot right now, and last year they finished in the third spot as well with a, re- a record of 52-30, and 30, and right now they're sitting 15-8. and eight. The 76ers are an interesting story, too, because they acquired Jimmy Butler a couple weeks back from the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he's clearly impacted them in a big way. Um, Within eight days of him being on the team and suiting up as a 76er, he hit two go-ahead shots with less than .5 seconds in the game. I think one was .3, one was .4. So the dude's killing it in Philly. The Indiana Pacers are in the fourth spot right now with a record of 13-8. Last year, they took the five seed. They ended up going on to play the Cavaliers in the first round of the playoffs, and they got eliminated eliminated in a game seven of the first round. Um, so right now, Pacers number four. They're up one spot. Good for them. Victor Oladipo doing work over there. The Detroit Pistons. This one is kind of surprising, but not really because they have Blake Griffin on their squad. I think the Andre Drummond-Blake Griffin pair has been really good for the Detroit Pistons, but they are up Four spots right now. Last year they ended up with a 39-43 record. Right now they're sitting 11-7. and Good for them. The Hornets are up four spots from last year. They took the 10 seed last year, uh, missed the playoffs by about six games, and this year they're sitting just above 50% winning percentage at an 11-10 and record. And partially that's to blame because of Tony Parker going there, but no, no, not really. It's Kemba Walker. This dude put up 103 points across two games. That's insane. Dude's been going off. I think he's been uh, showing his true potential this year. If he can keep that kind of work going, I think that they could land a playoff spot. Uh, but there's still some tough teams that are still figuring it out that are coming up right behind him. For example, the Boston Celtics. They've been having troubles meshing Gordon Hayward back into the lineup. Um, they're 11-10 and 10 as well, sitting in the seventh spot 
right as we sit they have dropped five spots but i think the celtics are going to bring it around somewhere mid-season and power through the all-star break and end up in one of the top four spots that's my prediction the orlando magic currently sitting in the eighth seed of the eastern conference last year they finished second to last with a record of 25 and 57 so good for them on being almost 50 percent if they can hang around that middle pack they might be able to fight for a playoff spot uh, Aaron Gordon and those guys have been doing a really good job. Um, I look forward to seeing how things end up for them down the road. The Wizards, this is a team that's been facing some criticism, uh, talking about how they need to break up the John Wall, Bradley Beal duo. They just aren't meshing together right now. Their record's 8-13, and 13, uh, but it's still early in the season. It's kind of hard to say that they're going to not be a contender, but things have been not really working out for them over the last several years. So people are wondering if those two are going to break up before the trade deadline hits, but they're in the ninth spot right now. Last year, they took the eight seed, So they're down one spot from last year's standings. The Brooklyn Nets right now are in the 10th spot in the East record of eight and 14. Last year, they ended up in the 12th spot with 28 and 54 records. So they're up two spots. Good for them. However, they did lose one of their players in Karis Levert to a pretty serious leg injury. Uh, I think it was not as serious as everybody thought it was initially, uh, but it's still pretty bad. I think the dude was carted off the court. So uh, hope that he can recover quickly, and and uh, um, I don't know if he'll be able to impact them this season, but next year hopefully he comes back strong and he can help improve upon this Brooklyn Nets team. The Miami Heat are sitting in the 11th spot, 7-13 and record. That's a 35% winning percentage. Last year they ended up in the 6th spot, um, which to me I thought was kind of surprising, but they have dropped five spots from last year's standings. Uh, Dwayne Wade did have a breakout game somewhat recently. I believe it was a 30-plus, maybe even 40-plus points game. Pretty big for a guy coming off the bench. I think it was like 35 points. Um, so that was one bright spot. Other than that, um, they're kind of struggling. Then you have the New York Knicks, 7-16. and 16. Last year they were the 11 seed. This year they're the 12 seed. So they've dropped one spot so far. Again, pretty hard to, t- to say that they're going to end up there. It's still a young season, um, and a lot of teams that are within reach, that's just the, the Knicks way right now, I think. Just lower end of the pack, struggling to climb. That's a good way to put it. The Chicago Bulls uh, aren't nearly what they were when they had Jimmy Butler a few years ago. Uh, they're 5-17 and 17 right now, and they're in the same position they were in the, at the end of last year's standing, so the number 13 spot. The Atlanta Hawks, number 14 right now. They were 15 last year. They took dead last in the Eastern Conference. They're second to last right now with a record of 5-17. and 17. Man, they need to figure it out. But that guy, Trey Young, that rookie, he's been uh, – he has had some games where he's been lights out. He's had a couple double-doubles. I think he may, may have had a triple-double. But he's been showcasing his greatest ability, and that is to shoot the ball. And for a guy his size, he's been able to get to the rack two and finish. So – I hope the best for that kid. I think he's going to be great. And then you have that team who used to be the number four seed last year, used to have a guy named LeBron James on their squad, and now they're sitting last in the Eastern Conference. This is very typical of any team that LeBron has left. Whenever he left a team, that team tanked the following year, and not on purpose. I mean, this team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they had a pretty decent squad. In my preview show, I remember talking about them saying that they had a lot of good parts still, and they might be able to fight for a playoff spot if they can get it together without having their main leader there. But clearly without him there, they have crumbled. And in that note, they have 
just traded uh, Kyle Korver over to the Jazz for two uh, future early round picks in the draft. Kyle Korver goes back to the team where he started, and the Cavaliers have one less weapon. So they're clearly in rebuilding mode already. I mean, it's only 22 games in, and they're 20 games for them, and they're looking at, okay, how can we put together a team that can be contending in the next couple of years? So feel bad for the Cavaliers, but they did get that championship, and when LeBron came back and played in Cleveland as a Laker recently, uh, I think that he was received pretty well. Uh, Mark Jackson didn't think so in the, in the commentator booth. He was basically saying, like, this guy brought you a championship. It's something you didn't have for decades. I feel like that when he comes out on the court, you should be applauding him. And I agree. I mean, I wasn't there. I couldn't really feel the crowd. Uh, but when they played a tribute video after the first quarter, uh, the, cl- the crowd really got into it. LeBron gave a little thank you, appreciate you, love you. I mean, it's his hometown, so what can you say? I don't know if the Cavs are going to pull it off this year. They're clearly in rebuilding mode, sending off some of their parts for future parts. Um, we'll see where they end up by the end of the season. But 4-16, and 16, that's pretty tough. And on to the Western Conference. Surprisingly, I don't know how, but the Los Angeles Clippers are in the top spot. I'm going to say it's coaching. But they do have a guy named Bogdan Bogdanovich. Boban Marjanovic. That's the guy I was thinking about. But really, he's only putting in about 12 minutes a game. But the Clippers are kind of coming out of nowhere right now. I mean, some Western Conference teams have struggled, but I did not expect them to be up this high, especially this early. Uh, But they have Patrick Beverly, uh, an elite defender, Avery Bradley, uh, Danilo Danilo Gallinari, Shai Gilgis Alexander, Marching Gortat, Montrell Harrell, Tobias Harris, Boban, Lukamba Amute, Jerome Robinson, Mike Scott, Milos Teodosic, Sindarius Thornwell, Tyrone Wallace, and Lou Williams. Lou Williams has been going off for those guys. Um, but it's just kind of like a hodgepodge group. A lot, of, a lot of names that you may have heard of, some maybe not. They're all doing really well. They're meshing well together, and that's really all that matters. But I just got to say, it's really surprising they're in that top spot. Doc Rivers is a great coach, but he's clearly made the best of his roster. They're sitting 14-6 and six right now. They're in the number one spot. Last year, they were in the 10th spot. So up nine spots. Good for them. Then you have the Golden State Warriors, 15-7. and seven. They're the number two spot. They took the two spot last year in the Western Conference. They're sitting 15-7. and seven. Steph Curry's been out for a handful of games now with a groin injury. I hear that he's supposed to be returning in the next few games. So hopefully that can help them. I mean, some people might say hopefully not. But uh, I actually like watching the Warriors play, and Steph Curry is an extremely entertaining player to watch revolutionized the game of basketball, stretching the floor out beyond belief. So can't help but root for a team that has done some revolutionizing in the sport. And then you have the Golden, I almost said the Golden State Nuggets, <laughs> but the Denver Nuggets, 14-7 uh, and seven right now. Uh, th- these guys were kind of a surprise to me as well, but they're up six spots right now in the Western Conference from their standings of last year. The Thunder at the number four spot, that's where they ended up last year. Uh, Russell Westbrook doing his thing. They obviously don't have Carmelo Anthony anymore. I think that's been good for them. And Paul George has been playing well as well. Then you have Trailblazers. The Trailblazers are 13-8. and eight. This is another team that has been talked about, similar to a Bradley Beal, John Wall situation. Two, two guys of similar stature, meaning like point guard, shooting guard, a duo who are dangerous together, but they can also not be very good. And so there's talks about possibly splitting up Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. So we'll see what the, what happens there, but I think Damian Lillard is 
true to Portland. I don't think CJ wants to leave either, so maybe they need to get some different parts around them. But 13-8, and eight, that's not too bad. They're sitting number five. Last year they were in the number three spot, so they're still within range. And as I'm in the middle of this pack of teams here in the Western Conference, I'm looking at the win column. And from the number one spot all the way down to the 14 spot, there's only five wins separating those teams. So much like last season, we have a bunch of teams glommed together where a win can move you up two spots or even three spots depending on the wins and losses on any given night. Things could get interesting in the West. You want to pay attention to the standings for this one. Then you have the Grizzlies. They're 12-8. and They've made a massive jump so far from the 14th spot last year. So they're up eight spots in the Western Conference from last year's standings. The Lakers, we all know that they were going to be better. Uh, Things were looking a little bit ominous at first. I mean, they had a pretty slow start. But then they went on a, a streak where they won, I think, seven straight. Maybe not seven straight, but they've won seven of their last nine games. Their last loss was against the Nuggets, and that did not look good. Uh, the Lakers were not getting into their offense. They were just standing there, and they had passed the ball around and then just shoot up a three. And it seemed like they were just trying to get other players in rhythm, like taking a shot at somebody making one and then playing off their momentum. Uh, but it was just not a good look. Um, I also saw some reports from some Twitter accounts today that were saying that LeBron James is reportedly ignoring Luke Walton's play calls. I don't doubt that. I mean, LeBron, he probably knows better, but when a coach is calling the play, at least run the play, and if it doesn't work, give him feedback and say, I don't think it's going to work because of this. Obviously, I'm not a professional athlete. I'm not a professional coach. I think when you create tension, you're going to create tension that way, and that's just not going to be good for your team going forward. So I think they got to figure it out. they got to talk to each other and communicate what's going on here and and then move forward. Uh, but the Lakers are sitting at 11-9 and nine right now. They Their hot streak of late has brought them above 50%. It's the first, it's their hottest start since like two or three years ago. So things are looking pretty promising, especially when you have a guy named LeBron James on your team. Uh, I mean, the Lakers last year ended up in the 11 spot, 35 and 47, right now 11 and 9. So things are looking pretty good for them. I, my prediction was for them to be between a two and a six seed uh, with the thought that the playmaking ability of players like Lonzo and Kyle Kuzma, but also the scoring ability of Kuzma and Hart and uh, and LeBron, I can't forget Rondo. I mean, he's injured with a, with a broken hand, but uh, the playmaking ability of him and Lonzo mixed with the scoring talent that's around them, um, I expect them to improve this year and uh, get a playoff spot. Then you have the Dallas Mavericks. They had a really huge win against the Utah Jazz. I think it was like their biggest win in franchise history. It was by like 50 points or something like that. It was pretty nasty. Uh, but they're 10-9 and nine right now. And last year they were in the 13th spot overall, so they're up five spots. Good for them. New Orleans Pelicans are 11 and 11 right now, ninth spot for the time being. They're down three spots from last year, but I think Anthony Davis will turn it up and 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 try to fight for a playoff spot this year. I think they'll get one. I mean, I, I don't think the Trailblazers or the Grizzlies really belong where they are right now. Not even the Nuggets. Um, I think as the season goes on, we'll see the Pelicans rise up a little bit. Then you have the Timberwolves. They lost Jimmy Butler, but they'd still have Derrick Rose, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and guys like that. Uh, young, talented guys who have been performing, have proved themselves in the NBA. So I think they're going to be just fine. It's going to be a, a struggle for them to find a playoff spot with all of the veteran leadership on all these other teams and star power. 
but it's going to be a great experience for them to try and fight against those teams. The West is a lot stronger now with LeBron over here, so we'll see what they can do. But last year, they ended up in the number eight spot. Right now, they're number 10, so down two spots from last season. And then the Sacramento Kings, they're also 50% winning percentage, 10 and 10. Last year, they finished 12th overall. This year, right now, they're in the 11th spot, 20 games in. Uh, the Spurs with DeMar DeRozan, not Kawhi Leonard, they are 10 and 11, sitting at the 12th, sp- the 12th spot. Last year, they were in the seventh spot, so down five spots. DeMar DeRozan has shown that they can succeed with him over there. I just think that it's everybody else around him that needs to pick it up. Then the Jazz. These guys, they're kind of falling off right now. I know that Donovan Mitchell has struggled this year with his shooting, and he's also had some injuries kind of pop up. He he tweaked his hamstring. He was out of game, uh, you know, things like that. And that's probably hurting them, but that, that game against the, the Mavericks where they lost by like 50 points or whatever it was, that was a nasty loss. I'm pretty sure that's pretty demoralizing to go. I mean, it was on on the road. It was in Dallas. But to go on the road and lose like that, that's a morale hit. And they've got to find a way to recover. And I think Quinn Snyder knows how to make that happen. Um, just for that to happen early in the season, kind of, it's like a buzzkill because you're trying to get going hot and then that happens. So I think they'll turn it around. My, my prediction was that they were going to be in the playoffs, I think. Uh, but they've got a lot to get through, a lot to sift through. But... I do think they belong above the Kings, above the Timberwolves, above the Mavericks, and above the Grizzlies. We'll see if that comes to fruition. And now the Rockets. This is this is the craziest thing, but it is still early. Don't get me wrong. They're 9-11 and 11 right now. The Clippers are in the number one spot in the West at 14-6. and six. So they're only five games back from number one. So we can't get too delusional with this separation here. Uh, but the Rockets were number one last year, as we all know. 65-17 and 17, had a bust out season with James Harden being the MVP, being the number one seed. They uh, went all the way to the Western Conference Finals only to get eliminated in game seven against the Golden State Warriors. This year, they have Carmelo Anthony. They're super excited to try and work him into their offense, bring him off the bench. But he's been, when he comes in and plays, I saw that he had a couple of games where he just shot terrible. He didn't score anything. He He had a ton of minutes. He had one game where he was one for 11 and it wasn't, the game wasn't even over. So, I just don't think he's fitting in there, and his agents know he's not fitting in there. So there have been reports, as you you may have heard if you're following the NBA news and media, that he is trying to find a different spot in the NBA and trying to find a deal to get there. Um, Probably in a spot where he can be in a a leadership role, shooting the ball a lot where it's not really going to hurt the team. But if it helps the team, awesome. Uh, Because I think that's what he wants to do, is he wants to continue shooting the ball. That's what he loves to do. But... It just hasn't turned into wins, and it's unfortunate. Again, I think Carmelo Anthony is the most overrated player. He's the most overrated player in the NBA. And I, I think that's saying that now sounds like I should have been saying it two years ago. Well, I was saying it two years ago. He was He's an overrated player, but I think he is partially to blame that they are 9-11 and because they had high hopes on him. They relied on him quite a bit, and he hasn't performed. So what do you do when you don't perform? Move on. You gotta you gotta put him on the bench or get rid of him for somebody else. You gotta do something. And now the Suns. With DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker, they haven't really been able to overcome the teams they've played against. Uh in conference, they've played 13 games in conference out of their 21. And their conference is stacked. So let's not chalk that up as, you know, they suck. It's like, no, they're just going against better teams. 
Uh, they're three and ten in their conference. Oh man. Oh man. They're one and ten on the road. I'm sorry, man. That's that's bad. But hey, the Eastern Conference is also pretty good. You know it's bad when you're the 15 seed and the seed above you is the team who was number one last year, the Houston Rockets. But the Suns are 15 right now. They were 15 last year, so nothing new there. Uh, the Rockets really got to figure it out. All right. Well, since it's a quarter of the way through the season, I thought it made sense to do a quick rundown of where the teams are sitting compared to last year. I hope that helps keep you guys up to date on how things are looking in the NBA, just a general picture. But if you want to just stay up to date, go check out the NBA standings. You can Google NBA standings, pull them up, and it's really easy to view all the stats. That's what I'm going off of right now. You know, looking at this right now and talking about it, it's really crazy how much of a shakeup there's been, especially in the West. Teams who were supposed to perform really well have fallen off, and teams who have been predicted to perform terribly have shown up and done something so things are a little bit interesting and so i'm looking forward to see how these especially the western conference how these conferences shake down towards the all-star break uh, i think some teams are going to build some momentum and, and get some a good bunch of wins up until that point uh, but right now the western conference looking pretty bunchy a lot of teams all in one group and then the east is a little more spread out so we'll see how that goes for the final segment of this episode i want to try something new I'm going to call it the most valuable people segment. So MVP, but most uh, most valuable people. I mean, the whole point of abstract sports is to bring sports back to life. And with this all ball show, I try. I want to try to do that as much as possible. And so by having this called most valuable people, it's still MVP. So you're thinking like most valuable player, but really most valuable person. I mean, we're all humans before we are whatever our title is, whether you're a basketball player or the president of the United States or a graphic designer. We are people first. And so this is the most valuable people segment. After a game just a couple nights ago, Russell Westbrook is walking off the court with his shoes in his hands. And as he's walking off, he just hands them to this kid who's wearing an OKC number zero jersey repping Russell Westbrook with some face paint. This kid grabs his shoes and he's just cheesing, man. He's just smiling and the, the camera gets put in his face and he's just dancing around like, yay, clearly the happiest kid alive at that moment. Um, very cool moment for that kid. I mean, I've been in situations like this before where I went to a jazz game where the Raptors played the jazz in Salt Lake city and the, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon was on the Raptors at the time. And I knew he was a legend. I had heard about Hakeem, the dream Olajuwon. And he was coming by, like, autographing everybody's tickets and everything. And I'm, like, reaching out there. I'm pretty little. I mean, I was in, like, fourth or fifth grade. I'm reaching out there trying to get him to sign my ticket. He signs everybody's but mine. And I was I was really sad. I was like, what the heck, man? What the heck? You know? I mean, I didn't, like, I didn't know Hakeem enough to be super upset. I was pretty young, too. So I, didn't, I was just like, eh, whatever. But. That could have made been a lot more important to me. Hakeem, Hakeem could have been one of my new favorite player. Um, but just the idea of looking up to a player and then receiving a personal gift from them in person, that is so cool. That kid who got his shoes, he's going to remember that for the rest of his life. No doubt. And the other most valuable person I want to highlight is Steph Curry. A young fan asked Steph Curry to make some of his sneakers available in the girls' section, and Steph Curry replied with his own handwritten letter. So here's what her letter read. It says, 
Dear Stephen Curry, my name is Riley, just like your daughter, smiley face. I'm nine years old from Napa, California. I'm a big fan of yours. I enjoy going to Warriors games with my dad. I asked my dad to buy me the new Curry Fives because I'm starting a new basketball season. My dad and I visited the Under Armour website and were disappointed to see that there were no Curry Fives for sale under the girls section. However, they did have them for sale under the boys section, even to customize. I know you support girl athletes because you have two daughters and you host on all-girl basketball camp. Host an all-girls basketball camp. I hope you can work with Under Armour to change this because girls want to rock the Curry Fives too. Sincerely, Riley Morrison. (laughs) Man, that's so cool. It's in her handwriting and everything. I love it. And so, Steph Curry replied with this. He said, Hey Riley, I appreciate your concern and have spent the last two days talking to Under Armour about how we can fix the issue. Unfortunately, we have labeled smaller sizes as boys on the website. We are correcting this now. I want to make sure you can wear my kicks proudly, so I'm going to send you a pair of Curry 5s now, and you'll be one of the first kids to get the Curry 6. Lastly, we have something special in the works for International Women's Day on March 8th, and I want you to celebrate with me. More to come on that, but plan to be in Oakland that night. All the best. Hashtag ruin the game. Stefan. That's cool stuff right there, too. Like That gives me chills just reading it, because... Not only is this girl getting a a handwritten letter back from somebody she looks up to in such a big way, but she is very aware of the situation that he supports female athletes and and that she noticed something in their marketing and their advertising that they're not marketing to girls. And I know they're probably doing that for a reason, probably because they sell more to men, um, but it does make sense to have a women's section. Just put the same products in there, man. Just put the same products in there. Just label it women. So that's really cool on that girl's part. I'm sure that her dad and her talked about it and they devised a solution and they put it in a letter and sent it to Steph Curry himself. So cool that he responds to that, man. Back in middle school, uh, one of our projects was to write a letter to our idol and we can pick multiple idols and send as many letters as we wanted to. And at the time, I sent them to people who I knew and I thought would respond, you know, I sent one to Vince Carter. I sent one to Shaq. I sent one to Kobe, sent one to Michael Jordan. And I got an automatic mailer back from Vince Carter. It was like a, you know, it was printed out on a postcard type of thing, like an automatic response. Like you would get in an email. Um, that's it. That's all I ever got. Uh, I think it came with like a 10% off thing from the Raptors store or something like that. I never used it, but that is so cool. I mean, they did put it on Instagram, and I think that's how he caught wind of it. So it's a lot easier for athletes to connect with their fans these days, something that I didn't have the the privilege to have when I was younger. So by putting this on Instagram, they were able to get in touch with Steph Curry. They're going to get to go to a game. She's going to get some Curry 5s and 6s, one of the first to own them. That is just so cool. And those are your most valuable people for this episode. And that does it for this edition of the All Ball Show presented by Abstract Sports, where we bring sports back to life. I'm your host, Kyle Clay 2K. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at All Ball Show. And you can follow me as well on those two outlets at Kyle Clay 2K. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, drop a comment. Let us know what you think. 
Check out our Anchor channel where we post our audio-only content. And if you want to support us as more than just a reader, listener, or viewer, head on over to our website. Go to abstractsports.com support. You can make a one-time gift there, or you can buy a t-shirt to support the brand and rep the brand at the same time. That does it for me. I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. I hope to see you next week. All right, peace out. <laughs>